sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Betting Edge podcast presented by SportsGrid. My name is Ryan May at Mayday Sports if you prefer. And I am joined as always by Samir Murji, the oracle of the over-under. Murji Moneyline on Twitter if you want to find him there. Murji Moneyline joins us back from Mexico <laughs> and injured. How was your trip, buddy? And how are you doing now? Trip was great. Trip was great. I got injured like three days into it and just kind of dealt with it, which made my leg worse. Um, so now I just have a sprain, a sprained ankle. Uh, That's just good. resting it, not resting so it about. You see the crutches, and yeah. it's not so bad. At least nothing's broken. Um, yeah. That's what I was thinking. That would have been that would have been worse. So I'm just resting it, uh, trying to keep weight off of it. And if you guys see me turning around, it maybe that's because I'm just like putting my leg up to elevate it a bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're alive. Made it back. Your trip was good. Your trip was bad. Both are correct. Both are correct <laughs> in in their own way. Um, so today we are here to just. Give you. We haven't done one of these episodes in a while, so we're going to come in. We're going to give you some bets, thoughts on the weekend, what's going on, uh, mostly Sunday stuff, so you guys have some time to listen to this and catch a lot of the plays. Um, we're going to be talking about F1. We're going to be talking about Soccer Sunday in uh, the UK, which is going to be the defining day for a bunch of teams on their season. We're going to talk about, later in the show, we'll get into the NHL and the NBA uh, a little bit of futures stuff, but mostly the two games happening Saturday night. Hopefully, you'll have a chance to listen to that before this comes, li- before the games happen. Uh, if not, we're gonna have lots of future value for you anyway. So make sure you stick around for that. We have been on Twitch all week. We have been betting. We've been making so much money. We've been doing so well this week, man. We're on a fucking heater, bro. We're on a fucking heater. If you guys are listening to this and you're not following us on Twitch, Sports Grid Network on Twitch, make sure you guys give us a follow. We're going to be streaming four times a week for for the near future. And uh, and we've honestly been minting money. We're up over over 30 units as of now, as of me saying this, which is kind of epic considering we've oh. only done 18 streams, uh, today being the 18th. So... The Honestly, Royal you guys are missing out. Mint. Not you the Royal Canadian out. Rint, the Royal Sports Grid Mint. <laughs> we're, we're literally, you're right. We are. We're minting money. That's exactly we what's are. happening. It's happening. Uh, all right. So let's keep it going. We're going to do that. That's why we're doing this episode now. We're rolling. We want to get our picks to you guys. So that's just the way we're going to do this. Um, let's start at F1. It's the Monaco Grand Prix. It's one of the most special weekends in sports every year uh the the yachts come in onto the into the monaco harbor it's beautiful it's a beautiful time uh the course is the most difficult course to race on the f1 calendar at some point on the track there is not space for two cars to drive next to each other there are very few points to overtake qualifying super important but it's a high stakes high speed guaranteed crash almost track it's great so um 
with that, so is that what, I would is like that to what look... makes this? Oh, I was just gonna say, is that what makes this Grand Prix the most exciting? Like the, the track is just the hardest. Uh, it's like one of those most exciting ones, and obviously street races are are the most fun because that's like the most close to what we would do as regular human beings. Is that really what makes it so hype? Yes, it is. Like it's that's the main the main thing is that the race is it's so difficult and you're put in a situation that isn't built for racing, right? Like okay. it's built for being a street. Yeah. And then you are suddenly racing the fastest cars <laughs> in the world along a tight mo historic Monaco street. That's why the Las Vegas one's going to be really cool when we get there down the line uh cuz you're going to be basically doing that on the strip. Um either way, Really difficult track. That makes sense. It takes experience. It and it is. You're right. That's why it's why it's the best. And it okay. is Formula One at its peak of like skill and intensity and jeopardy. Everything about it is is what you look. What Formula One fans look towards. So you have the storylines as well this year. We have an actual driver from Monaco, Charles Leclerc, in an actual competitive car, the Ferrari look to be the fastest in practice. Um, the Red Bull's still faster, but the Ferraris did a great job. Um, so we come into this Monaco race for the first time in, I think, all season that Max Verstappen is plus money to win a race. He is not at some unbettable, ungodly minus 300 like we've seen it at some other times, based on storylines, based on speed of car, based on so many things. So... When you see someone merging in betting, when you see someone who is like a team, for example, in this situation where they are just so good, Boston Bruins midseason, for example, yeah, they were just like an automatic win most nights. They were unbettable. As soon as they jumped to a plus money, were you on? Would you like immediately be on it? No, that's like uh, there's like the golden rule. If you see the defending champions at plus money. In a, in a tight game when they're playing well, you bet against them. Um, I would say over 70, even it's, I was even close to say over 75% of the time in these situations, you bet against them and you'd be right. Um, so that's what's, that's what's intrigued me about this, right? Max Verstappen sitting at plus 145. Um, that's like a bait. That's like the, the bookies telling us, us uh, non-regulars in the Formula One world, aka me, Telling me and uh, someone who wants to bet on something all the time, be like, oh, Max, let me slam it. Let me slam it. Yeah, maybe 25 to 30% of the time he'll end up winning just off of sheer skill. But the odds are against it. They really are against it. They're trying to bait people into taking it, trying to bait people all over the world into taking it. Uh, so this is one of those, you bring up a correct question. It's like one of those things where alarm bells start ringing, where it's like, why is Max at plus 145 when for him to win the whole season, he's minus 750? For him to win every other race, he's always minus something. This one race, why is he at plus 145? So that's what I'm glad that is the answer because that's I had a feeling that it might be not an automatic take because that's the way I've actually leaned, like based on my like analysis of what's going on here. I'm leaning in that direction of not betting Max in this situation. The only thing I might bet Max on for the weekend is to be the fastest car in qualifying. So we looked at the Samir and I looked at this before we came onto the podcast. Um, to give you guys the look, you have Max Verstappen at was plus 145. You have Charles Leclerc at plus 300. 
You have Fernando Alonso at plus 500, Carlos Sainz at plus 650, Sergio Perez plus 750, and then Lewis Hamilton way back plus 2100. Not going to win. The Mercedes is not fit for So is the car just, just behind? Yeah, the car is just too slow. It's just there's no way. It's going to be one of the, the only other car on the grid that has the speed to compete with Ferrari and Red Bull is the um, – Oh man, Aston Martin. Sorry, there we go. That Fernando Alonso is in, and the only reason, and even then, it's not anywhere near as fast. The only reason Fernando Alonso sits in the front three is because two thousand six, two thousand seven was him. He was okay. the winner of Monaco back to back times. Uh, the last time there was a back to back champion. Uh, that's the only reason he's up there. He has the experience. Odds experience he's better at racing this track than everybody on the car on the course that's like the fundament he's done it more more times he's won it he hasn't won it since then which is maybe a testament to the fact that he hasn't been in a competitive car really he hasn't been in an ultra competitive car since then and i believe that might have been with ferrari at the time um either way safe to say fernando alonso is like the best racer on this track Yes. At least out of all these out of all these competitors. He might be the best racer at this track, but I don't know if he's the best racer on the track. I don't know if that yes, makes sense. Yes, that's what I meant. Yeah, that, I that makes like, sense. That's what I was asking. He's probably not the best racer yeah. on the track overall, but he is the best racer on this track Yes, at okay. this point. Okay. So betting him makes sense. He's in a fast enough car to do it. If he sneaks his way into the top two in qualifying – if you can see my hands, he'll basically start immediately to the right and slightly behind of number one. If he can make it to two in qualifying, good jump off the top of the race, you're in. You're in and you can lead and you can defend. It's literally a defensive track. You can defend your way to a win. So, Mergy, we have these three guys who realistically we think could win the race all at plus money. How many of them can we bet on? realistically you could i guess bet on all three but if max wins it's hard to guarantee profit out of those three but based off of what everything we've kind of discussed here the question you asked me to start off the podcast um i would lean to betting the the second and third favorites uh maybe put a slight little bit on each of them uh because chances are max is not winning this race like not like just odds say that but not just odds say that everything you pointed to um, the odds clearly favorite Ferrari as being the faster car in this in Monaco right now, right? Ferrari's at minus 105 to qualify winning. Uh, Red Bull's at plus 115 for qualifying winning. So everything kind of makes sense for you to bet against Max here. And if Max wins, it's just one of those where he's just one of the best of all time, really. And like you just got to deal with him winning a race like that. But I'm okay betting against that in certain situations. And this seems like the ideal situation to bet against it right charles leclerc hometown hero these storylines matter in a sport like f1 fernando alonso you mentioned back-to-back winner these storylines really really matter in f1 um they know that the 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 overall season's kind of chalked and so they're picking out certain events on the on the calendar where they feel like they can actually compete with red bull um i would lean towards betting two and three and really hoping for the best. If you want to uh, be a little bit more safe, like maybe you could go for like a podium finish for Fernando Alonso. 
But like if we're just talking about straight winners, it's probably smarter to take two and three here. And if one of them win, you're profiting tons of money. Honestly, I kind of like that. There's I th- I have a little bit of an interesting I have a little that gives me a little bit of a thought on how we can bet this because if we can take Charles Leclerc to win the race and Fernando Alonso to win the race at plus three hundred plus five hundred respectively, that's they are not the favorites to win the race. However, when we look at qualifying, the Re- the Ferrari is the favorite to win qualifying. The Red Bulls are not the favorites to win the race. This is where I would get in on the Red Bull. I would get in on the Red Bull in qualifying because they aren't the favorites. What these odds are telling me that the storyline of the weekend is going to be is on his own, Charles Leclerc is going to dominate in the Ferrari, in uh, in the qualifying laps without like competition racing next to him. He is going to kill it. And then he's going to struggle on race day. I think it's going to be the opposite. I think race day will, like with competitors, a lot of the time, race day brings it out more than the qualifying day. He knows the qualifying day is important, but he also knows if he doesn't win, if he doesn't finish first in qualifying, but he finishes second, he still has a really good chance of getting a good, a good jump off the, off the race and leading the whole way through. So Red Bull plus 115 to be the qualifying winner. They still have the fastest car. It makes sense. That's logical. And then Max to not win this race is okay. the other way to take this. Charles Leclerc at plus 300. Fernando Alonso at plus 500. You could take him on the podium at minus 150 if you want, but then you only have one winner. Yes. And and minus 150 is not great, not great value for you to, like, if you get it wrong, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, top six finish, anything worth betting? Not really here. Um, so, and podium, the only other guy who is interested, who is worth talking about, cause we haven't really talked about him, uh, is Carlos Sainz. Yeah. Um, if the Ferrari is going to be this pacey and it looks like it's closer to the Red Bull than it's been in races past, there's a chance that the pressure gets to Charles and it falls to Carlos, which he and he could do it. I just like don't love him as a racer. The same thing for Checo, Sergio Perez. I just think the other two guys have so much more raw talent as racing drivers yeah. that they're the guys I'm going to lean on basically in every possible situation. Um, yeah, that basically covers F1. There's no futures to give. You're right. You're, you've isolated the exact – I love the way you put that. You've isolated the exact situation that like Aston Martin, Red Bull, Mercedes, like they, win your home races. Win yeah. your home, your driver's home races. Go out and do those things where you have the advantage from somewhere else that they just cannot have. That is the – like Formula One's a sport of margins, like the finest, hundreds of second margins. That's what the crowd can make a difference on a hundredth of a second margin. It's kind of crazy, but if you can hold your break for a hundredth of a second longer because the fans are cheering you on and you just have that, like you're extra in the zone. That's what makes the difference in these kind of, in these kind of moments for F1. It's now time for us to hop over to the neighboring country. Uh, We're going to move over to England and we're going to talk about 
Soccer Saturday, although I feel like not many of them would want me want to hear me say that. We're gonna talk <laughs> about football Saturday, which is Super much Sunday. Less catchy. Super Sunday. It's Super Sunday. Sunday. Super <laughs> Sunday. Uh, this is the final day of the Premier League season. All teams play at the exact same time. Oh, I to love this ensure day, man. that chaos, maximum chaos, can ensue. We have seen titles be won and lost many times on this day. Some of the most historic moments in Premier League history happen on this day. This year, there will be no titles decided. So let's get that out of the way. But (laughs) a major player in the Premier League is getting relegated, whether it be Leicester or Everton. A team that should not be getting relegated is no longer going to participate in the Premier League as of Sunday. That is the reality that we're in. So there's important important games uh going on like this is the most expensive gap in world football the premier league to the championship and if you have players on a premier league salary going into the championship you have the dire dire need to get rid of them immediately because you can go straight down it happens so fast and uh Anyway, that's the jeopardy of the last day of the season. Let's look at the it game. It makes me sad, man. It makes me I sad. Know. Like, Leicester had such too. a historic season recently and very good fans. Huge fan base. The city's amazing. Uh, it's very unfortunate that, that they're in this situation. And, man, I hope we see them back in the Premier League uh, fairly soon. I, I know things are not looking very bright there. It's a little grim. But, like, hey, turnarounds can happen within a couple of years. Uh, and if we get Leicester back in the prime, I think it's better for, for everyone involved. Uh, that being said, Everton, I'm a little less sad about. As in, as someone who's like a City fan, I don't like have any hard feelings towards them. I'm sad in a sense that such a big club, they had so much promise like eight years ago where people were like, oh, these guys can break into the top six. We're seeing them potentially be relegated. It's a little sad, but it's kind of funny when you see a club reach those heights and people expected them to reach further and then dropping down totally different than Leicester. Like Leicester, no one expected them going winning the premier league when they did and they won it. And that makes, makes everyone have a soft spot for them for Everton. It's the other way around. It's like overhyped team, overhyped club (laughs) kind of shit on all their fans. And now they're about to get relegated. I feel like, I feel like it's not as harsh on the, on the, as a Liverpool fan, not from Liverpool, and it's important <laughs> I make that distinction. I would love to see Everton go down. It would be, it would just be comedic, comedic gold for me to see it. I would love <laughs> it. But Liverpool fans in Liverpool, I don't believe have the same feeling about this club because they they are so intertwined together into the city's history yeah. that you have like parents, family members, like brothers, sisters on both sides of the rivalry. And as much as like some of them might take a little bit of pleasure from it, overall, they're going to see a lot of their people, friends and family be very miserable for a very long time. Um, it's, and it's also sad. It's also sad for like the city, right? Because it, it's they, bad so for much the revenue city. comes in from both. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad overall very for good. the city of Liverpool. And just it, it's not good. But that being said, I would still like to see it. Um, you say that you hope to see Leicester come right back up. Honestly, that's what I was trying to like allude to at the beginning. Sometimes 
when all of your Premier League players want to leave real quick, you lose a lot of quality in your team yeah. and you can't fix it. Yeah. And the spiral starts and I've seen it with lots of clubs. We saw it with Blackburn when they won the Premier League in the 90s. It happens. Um, let's just hope for the best. Let's get into the games though. We have, yeah, they have actual games still to play that can prevent this from happening. All of these teams. <laughs> so we'll start with, let's start with Leicester. I think, yeah. uh, Leicester take on West Ham. If you think Leicester are going to win, you can get it at minus 110. Uh, West Ham, you can get it plus 260. So Leicester, the table looks as such, as 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 follows. Leicester are the most likely... Oh, that's not correct. Hold on. EPL. I just looked up table when I went to Google here, um, and that didn't help. So I need the EPL table. I just got a picture of a <laughs> wooden brown good. table. So we have Everton on 33 points in 17th place. Leicester City on 31 points in 18th place. And Leeds United also on 31 points in 19th place. Goal differential is the big determining factor here for Leeds United and as and why they're minus 3,300 to <laughs> be relegated. Um, they have a minus 27 goal difference. Leicester's is minus 18. And Everton's being at minus 23 is the only thing that leaves them with like the tiniest shred of hope of staying alive. They would need to win by three or more goals and Everton would have to lose for less for leads to qualify into the next round. Uh, it, sorry, into the um, next season of the premier league. Yeah. So Lester minus minus one fifteen. Do you think they can win this game against West Ham Mergy? I actually do. I actually do think they can beat this game, win this game against West Ham. Not only did they beat them earlier this season, 2-0, away from home, they're going to be at home for this in a must-win situation. We know how, how this affects soccer players specifically. Uh, they, they live up to the moments. They really do. Yeah. Uh, must-win situation. Fans are going to be at their back. And West Ham are not world beaters by any mean <laughs> at all. No. If I look at... Uh, if I look at West Ham's past five games, they have two wins in their last five games. Their season's pretty much done. They're safe from relegation. They're not getting Europe. Um, they don't have anything to play for. They're looking forward to their, their summers in the Maldives, right? They're about to have some time off. So I, I do like Leicester in this situation. I think Leicester minus 115 is a really good bet. Uh, because, yeah, you mentioned it's not only in their hands, they, but they do have to win. If they win, that's the most they can do. And then they let it off to the rest of the teams. Um, maybe if at halftime they're seeing like Everton's up 3 nothing or something, it might dampen their spirits a little bit. That's um, true. But I could see Leicester being up 2 nothing at the halftime because they know that other teams are going to be looking at this result too. They know that they can't really go into the half and then look around. They want to look, they want to be confident in where they are and then figure it out whatever happens at the end of it. So I like Leicester at minus 150. So I like Leicester as well. Uh, obviously, I'm looking at the, the odds here. Not to be relegated is basically what the category is called. <laughs> and the odds to not be relegated are Leicester plus 400, which means the bookies are very, very confident. Uh, not very, very confident. The bookies are reasonably confident in Everton getting the win against Bournemouth. 
Now, so what that means for Leeds United, obviously, is the bookies have no faith whatsoever in Everton losing by three goals to Bournemouth. That's like something they're not really considering as something can actually happen with the with Leeds being plus twelve hundred not to be relegated here on this on this bad on this uh, battle of badness is the only <laughs> way I can call the only battle thing I can really call it. Um, so that. Everton minus two ten versus Bournemouth. You see an upset here? No, for the same reason reasonings I gave you on Leicester there. Like this is Everton's winner winner lose situation. Uh, would I be that surprised if they fuck it up? No, but I don't see them losing. I feel like a tie might be the case. Bournemouth, nothing much else to play for. Everton yeah. at home. Um, a single you, point we, is enough. Yeah, we talked about the history of the club. Like they could just get that done, pull out a draw, and then figure out things for next season. Um, I don't. I same exact situation at home. I, I feel like they get it done. So then, would I bet on anything? No, I don't think there's betting value on anything here. Maybe, maybe a draw no bet from uh, Bournemouth or a double chance for Bournemouth plus one fifty. Bournemouth or draw because Bournemouth are are gonna. Some of those players are gonna be playing for the fact that they want to see a big club like Everton go down. Like they will be. They will a be. Cruel, yeah, soccer is a cruel sport like that, uh, especially in England. They like to see the downfall of other people because it makes them feel better about not being as successful this year themselves. So, And I feel like everybody would prefer seeing Leicester stay up than Everton unless you're an Everton fan. So like all the neutrals, they wanted, they'd rather see Leicester stay up. So I could see Bournemouth putting a little bit more effort in than West Ham per se. Um so maybe the Bournemouth double, double chance, but I don't love betting on this game each in any way. Okay. So basically our conclusion that we're coming to is it's going to stay exactly as it is. Leicester are going to go down. Everton will stay up. Leeds will go down. So let's talk about the last game in that relegation battle, and that'll leave us to the uh, that'll lead us to the other thing we got to talk about in the Premier League, which is the battle for the Conference League. That's the seventh place spot. Uh, that's European competition, huge for any team in that area of the league. So let's go to a game that impacts both of these things: Leeds and Tottenham. We have Leeds absolutely needing to win by Le- Leeds have to win by three goals. Like that's <laughs> what I, Leeds need to. Leeds desperately need a win in this game. Um, And the odds reflect that. At plus 170 against Tottenham, home to Tottenham, that's a pretty big game for them. And the odds reflect that they, they, they will be on their best form. Tottenham to win is plus 130. Now, if we look at what Tottenham's situation is, they are on the verge of having no European football at all next year. If they do not get any points, they will finish in eighth or ninth place in the Premier League. Aston Villa are currently seventh on 58, Tottenham are eighth on 57, and Brentford are nine on 56. These are the three teams that can make this seventh spot right now. So, that being said, that question I'm going to pose the question to you. Because Tottenham have this game that means so much to Leeds, do you think at the end of the weekend Tottenham will have European football 
or do you think they will not have European football? I think they'll win this game against Leeds, but yeah. I feel like they may yeah. they may still not have European football. I could see Aston Villa winning Ooh. and Tottenham okay. winning. Okay, that's just I, like Villa have been one of the most informed teams in Europe for the exactly. last. Exactly. Like, I don't even know how long since Unai Emery signed. And and it's funny this this is kind of the theme of the episode, similar to what we talked about earlier. Max Verstappen plus odds. Who's gonna bet against that? You look here, Brighton with the form they've been in. The they just drew City last week. They made European football confirmed. Plus two forty. If you look at their double chance, I can bet you it's at plus odds as well. Okay, it's close. Minus one forty. Minus one forty. Still though, that's still so a bettable that's number. Bettable. Exactly. And that's where they're trying to bait people into. It's kind of the same theme of the episode. I only see them winning this game. Um at like a 30% chance, 25% chance. Uh, Aston Villa is going to win the game. You mentioned the form they're in. So that being said, if Aston Villa wins, or even if they tie, I believe, Tottenham does not. Oh, no, a tie. No, they have to win. They have to they win. have to win. So, yeah, Aston Villa win would knock Villa Tottenham win, out of it. contention. Yeah. And, okay, and that's what I think. So, But I no do point. think Tottenham wins the game because, one, they've beaten Leeds in four of the last five times they played each other. And two, a couple of these star players might not be here next year, right? Uh, we're hearing a lot of chatter about Harry Kane. He's wanted out for a while, and I'm sure he's served his, his dues um, now <laughs> after staying here for a couple more years of, of doing nothing. Um, I'm sure they'll let him go this summer. So Harry Kane is going to give a parting gift to his... He loves Tottenham. He loves the club, loves the city of London, loves the fans. He's going to give a parting gift. I I'm, I honestly wouldn't even bet against uh, Harry Kane anytime goal, plus 115. Like I feel like this is the kind of game where he's going to show up. He's going to have like a brace, or he's going to have one goal, two assists. He's going to have a full performance. And especially, you mentioned Leeds has to score three goals. That's just going to cost them. They're going to go flying out, and Tottenham will just count, catch them on the counters. Uh, I like Tottenham on the money line, plus 130. But I also like Aston Villa on their money line, minus 105. Aston Villa in Europe, Tottenham in shambles. Kind of great. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> unreal. Kind of great. Clip it. Clip it. Um, yeah, and actually, I, I just had a quick, like, doing just to quickly correct myself, Leeds United don't have to score three goals more than Everton. Unless Everton, oh, that's only if Everton draw. If Everton yeah. get a point, if Everton oh. do not get, because if Everton get a point, then Leeds need to win and score and score three oh, goals. Yeah. If Everton lose, then and Leeds win, Everton go down. Like that's that's as long as less. Yeah, yeah. If Everton lose, lose and Leeds win, Everton go down. So okay. that's the reality there. Um, we don't even really need to talk about Brentford and City at this point. Brentford, pro- like I, like do, I do could see really Brentford getting a result. Brentford will, do you think they'll win? No, against City? but I could see them get a result. Like the similar to what we've been talking about last day of the season. So much to play for for specific players. They're all yeah. hyped. They're all ready for it. Um, I could see them live up to the moment. They already tied Man City earlier, and then on top of that, Man City is going to be resting players. Right? They, they're true. kind of like done with it Brentford are home and on top of everything else man city at minus 140 odds you know everybody and their grandma are betting on them 
that is another one of the same theme we've been talking about all episode where it's a bait and switch situation. This is the type of day where bookies feast. They get their money. Type of weekend. Because the weekend, exactly, that bookies <laughs> feast on. And they need it, right? They've been getting their asses whooped um, in certain playoffs, NBA, NHL. So uh, minus 140 for Man City, I think, is a bait play. I do think Brentford double chance at plus 100 would be my favorite bet of the game just because of that. Also, Holland already broke the record. He's not reaching yeah. 40. We know that. He's not getting five goals on, on Sunday. So he's probably not even going to play. He's probably going to come on as a substitute for like 30 minutes. Um, yeah. This is the kind of game where City City's looking ahead. It's just the truth. Okay. All right. Well, that's that pretty much wraps our EPL section. We have now given you plays in Formula One. We have given you plays in the Premier League. The last things we would like to do on this pod here today, we're going to quickly, I know these are going to happen, these things are going to change a little bit, and uh, they're going to happen on Saturday night. So first thing we're going to do is going to give you our picks for the game Saturday night, and then we're going to do a little bit of futures in both of the leagues for like what's going to happen as we go, maybe mostly NHL. We don't have much in the NBA yet because we are we haven't looked at it too much. Yeah. But either way, let's start with the NHL. We're, we're on two different the... sides for the NBA. so Yeah, that's <laughs> so the problem. We've been, We've been stuck. We've been stuck. So, Dallas Stars, Vegas, Golden Knights. This number is getting bet down. It was at minus 142 when we started talking about it today. It's at minus 150 now. It opened at minus 110 at evens. Um, Vegas Golden Knights to win this game is happening. So you should yep. probably take that. Like, that's just what's happening. Dallas are not going to be in the cup final. Goodbye. I agree. Uh, Dallas, this is where it ends, right? We're back at home in Vegas. They dominated yeah. them at home. Uh, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. We, I think that's an easy one. Minus 150, still bettable. If it's, still not, if it's not bettable by the time you hear this, I wouldn't even hesitate to take the plus 105 on the 60-minute money line. Yeah, um, I feel like this is like a 4-1, 3-1 type of game. And they just dominate from the beginning. Um, and that's it. That, that, that's like my play for the game. Do you want to? We also have Aiden Hill, 28 yes. plus saves at minus 113. Evens basically when that number comes out. Um, you could also take his over, which will probably be around then based around there based on that number that we're looking at in the books today. So that's another one we have in that game. Let's look at the futures in the NHL that we wanted to talk about, Mergy. We had, we didn't have many, but we did have one we <laughs> really needed to get out there. I'm going to let you take it. We have a Conn Smythe Trophy winner pick. Yes. Officer Bob to win he the Conn Smythe. Officer Bob to win the Conn Smythe. Plus 200. Okay, he is having historic numbers in the playoffs. Uh, one of the best goalie performances of all time, not just in recent history of all time in the playoffs. And he has literally carried them through to where they are. Him and Kachuk. I'll give Kachuk the, the the credit he deserves for doing it as well. The two of them have carried Florida to where they are. And I truly believe that Bobrovsky will get his flowers. He's a goalie. Hockey fans love goalies. They're, they're going to give it to him if they end up winning the cup, which I do think they will. Even if they don't win the cup and he has a good series, he could still get the consmite. So, Sergey Bobrovsky at plus 200 is our future for the Consmite Trophy. 
Beautiful. And we are on the Panthers to win the cup. We're just not giving out it as a play yet because we're waiting to see if the number changes a little when the Vegas Stars series ends. Uh, Like right now, obviously, they have better odds than they better. Like theoretically, their odds should get a little worse when there's less teams in the competition. Uh, Like that's just how people are going to assume Vegas is winning easily right now. The odds reflect the fact that Dallas could come back. Yes. Either way, if you listen to this on Sunday, the series is already over. Florida Panthers, <laughs> Stanley Cup. Just take it. Whatever you, It'll Just probably be it. like one. I'm guessing it won't get higher than like 125. That would be like my apps. I think the absolute highest it'll get, even if the Vegas Golden Knights end it tonight. Uh, end it on Saturday night. But at that point, just grab it. You're, you're, you should be chilling. Um, last thing, Mergy. The National Basketball Association. We're on different sides. <laughs> I don't believe We're on that, different sides. I believe that it's a Miami Heat time. It's time for it to end. And you think the Celtics might take this and run with it. Right? I do. I feel like I feel like the Celtics could make history here. So the two of us are not giving you a side for that because we can't come to a conclusion. But my, Miami uh, made it on Miami. And for good reason, man. They're back at home. This is their this is their game seven. They have to win this one. Uh, that being said, we do have a couple of player props in that game. Um, we have Jason Tatum to get at least 30 points, so sitting at minus yeah. 130. We got Bam Adebayo. It's already moved up. We we got him at over 17.5. It's sitting at 18.5. As long as it doesn't go above 20, take it. That's just my personal preference. Um, but just like 18, 17, 19, one of those three, that's a good good line for him. Uh, we're thinking Derek White continues the stellar play he's been doing. He's starting for them. He's taking Brogdon's minutes off the bench. Uh, so Derek White over 13 and a half points at minus 104. And then, of course, on the Heat side of things, again, Caleb Martin. He's been a phenomenon this playoffs. He's been killing it. He's taking minutes out of Kyle Lowry uh, because he's playing better at that position against the Celtics. He just is. So give me Caleb Martin over 13 and a half points at minus 104. In terms of futures, I don't think we have any because we don't know how the series is going to end. And that's kind of exciting. They were up 3-0. It's 3-2 now. We don't really know how the series is going to end. So, Okay. I would personally take the Eastern Conference final MVP to be Jimmy Butler. That would be my bet at minus 145. But you cannot – you you don't – you don't – if like Jason Tatum is plus 130. That's all I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you think if you think Boston's winning, take Jason Tatum. If you th- if you think Miami's winning, take Jimmy Butler. They're both bettable right now. Those are the only guys. Really so like, <laughs> yeah. you, might as well, you might as well. Um, Bam it, suddenly it, has like a fifty point performance. <laughs> they give it to. Him. Hey man, I guess you never know, and that's why the odds exist. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> it hasn't been good though in this series. Um, no. So that's everything from us. For this episode next week, we are going to be doing a ton of things. We're going to be bringing Owen Hall on to talk about how to bet on UFC. Not about specific. We're going to look at a card for an example, but we're going to talk about overall betting on UFC and how profitable, how you can do it profitably and what are the things you want to look for and what's the information you need to know. All that's all that good stuff. So that's going to be coming. And Mergy, we do we have another. We're gonna have another episode as well. What are we gonna be yeah. doing in that other one? Do you know yet? Do we know yet? I don't think we know yet. We should we should preview we should preview the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, we know yet. We did talk about NBA this. I, 
Yes, correct. We will do that. So we will have a preview of these two finals, unless they're still going, I guess, on Monday, in which case we'll do UFC earlier, and then we'll flip yep. it and we'll do the finals later in the week. Uh, but either way, you can look forward to that. You can look forward to us four times a week on Twitch. Yes. We are always going to be on your screens. We're going to be doing Sunday evenings. We're going to be doing, mm, let's see, Tuesday can I do this off the top of my head? Tuesday evenings. Oh. We're going to be doing Thursday <laughs> afternoons and then Thursday evenings on our Twitter spaces and then Friday afternoons as well on Twitch. Right now, we're up 30 plus units, just over 30 units in 17 yeah. streams. So, uh, you guys want to be there for that. Telling you, you want to. Be We've been making that. money, so they're giving us more airtime, guys. That's just <laughs> what it is, and you guys got to be here for it. <laughs> it's literally like success is the best measure of uh, financial su success is the best measure of gambling content. That is like yes. I will die on that hill, and uh, that is what yes. we are doing our doing our best to do right now. So we'll keep doing so for you guys, for us as well. We're lining our pockets. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> so that's everything from us this. This time around, we'll see you again soon. Make sure you're subscribed to the Betting Edge to Sports Grid's YouTube channel. Make sure you're following Sports Grid on all the platforms. Make sure you're gambling responsibly, managing your units, uh, handling this like a an investment. Yep. That's that's the best way to look at it. So you be um, disciplined, guys. You don't you don't chase. You be disciplined. You have a plan, and that's how you stay stay profitable in sports betting. That's, that's it for me, that's buddy. That's it? All right. We'll see you guys next week, okay? Make sure you guys tune in to everything we're doing, and we're back on track. Have a great weekend, everybody, and most importantly, let's catch, baby.